Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up? Welcome into Wednesday, January 20th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining me on another Wednesday edition, Mark Van Sickle is back. Mark the Overseer is here to talk about this Chiefs-Browns game. We're going to talk about the AFC Championship game as well. That's what we've been doing on these preview weeks. We're just taking the whole week to preview the game, and I kind of like it. We just get a bunch of different angles, a bunch of different perspectives in, in the game. So, Mark, how you doing? It's been a week since we've talked to you. I know. I'm doing good, man. I really enjoyed the Mellinger episode. That was a great, great ep. Um, and I've been listening to episodes this week so far, so I'm going to try not to say the same things that Connor and Jordan have said. I think I'll have my own takes, so I think it'll be good. Yeah. You guys all three have very different styles when it comes to podcasting, too, which I, I enjoy. You know, kind of getting a different style every time. A different style when it comes to breaking down games and I think that that's important to have different styles on here to kind of you know give everyone a diverse portfolio as it would come to the Kansas City Chiefs so it's I always love talking to you Mark on Wednesday sometimes you know we do have to bump you because of other availability but it's always great when it's a Mark Van Sickle Wednesday well thank you I appreciate you having me on so let's start out with what's probably going to be a daily tradition this week and it's going to be Mm-hmm. updating Patrick Mahomes' injury. Because, once again, just before Mark and I hopped on the podcast to do a little call here, we got ourselves an update from the Adam Schefter. This isn't from, you know, Carrington Harrison. I don't know if you saw on Twitter he's getting kind of roasted by Pat McAfee. Or, uh, <laughs> this isn't, uh, you know, anyone saying that they have a source. This is Adam Schefter's update. By the way, I do respect Carrington Harrison's oh, yes. reporting, and uh, I, I love that he has a check mark so that he can get that respect from Pat now, too. <laughs> Very much so. Do I love Carrington. Great guy. Uh, great reporter, too. So I never and doubted it. It was just the fact that Pat McAfee kind of had a little funny oh, little yeah. video clip there. But, hey, Ian Rappaport knew who he was, so that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal. That's a, that's a win for Carrington here, so that's, that's huge. Um, but Adam Schefter, he tweeted out at two twelve on what is what is today Tuesday on on Tuesday he tweeted Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes cleared certain steps Monday quote some big steps end quote but he remains in the NFL's concussion protocol with what is considered a concussion and it's too early to say that he definitely will play in Sunday's conference championship versus the Bills per sources and a quote tweet of that tweet he said just one minute later additionally Patrick Mahomes is dealing with a foot issue per source he still must go through certain steps to clear concussion protocol in the coming days and there is hope and optimism considering he is expected to practice Wednesday per source so when you're listening to this podcast hopefully Patrick Mahomes is on the practice field which is a big step because Wednesdays are usually reserved as veteran off days especially in an Andy Reid system we've talked about that several times on the podcast how if you're really dealing with anything if you don't practice on Wednesday that's usually common but hearing that Patrick Mahomes could practice on Wednesday I think is kind of a big deal yeah that's a great step and uh like you kind of mentioned there I I'm actually a little bit more uh, what makes me a little hesitant is the toe injury. I think uh, he'll 
I think he'll pass all the protocols. I think he'll be able to play. That's not a report. That's just my feeling on the right. situation. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll be able to pass the protocols. I think he'll be able to play. Um, but toe issues can be an, a problem, uh, mm-hmm. more so for running backs and wide receivers. But Mahomes likes to use his legs, as we've seen. Even in the game last week against the Browns, he had that scramble when he was kind of limping a little bit to the first yeah. down. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be all right. Hopefully they can tape it up and everything can be cool. But yeah, as long as he can get through these protocols, uh, I feel like we'll be good to go on Sunday. The wording is interesting in Schefter's tweets. Um, when he says it's too early to say that he will definitely will play, I think is interesting. Yeah. It's it's too early to say he'll definitely play because it's a Tuesday, right? Um, it's a Tuesday, so you can't really say he'll definitely play. Um, and clearing quote some big steps is, I think, important in that in that tweet as well. So when I look at this man, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Uh, you, I mean, you have to think so. But you know, sources can word things however they want to word them. They can you know really manipulate how the outside world gets this information. Um, and and I mentioned to you before we started. They probably want to clo- play this a little close to their chest. They want to keep their cards close to their chest and not kind of give anything away to the Bills. I was going to say, Andy Reid wasn't saying the word concussion. I saw some people kind of joking right. about that on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, when, when Schefter says, you know, they're not he, he's not going to be a 100% sure to play, I, I don't think they'll really probably announce it until Friday because yeah. they won't really have to. He can practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday behind the scenes and they won't have to say anything about it so i think uh when is it is wednesday or thursday usually when they have the players talk to me i think they'll probably have chad henney be the quarterback that comes out and talks to the media just because they they can uh so they'll probably just keep mahomes behind the scenes and just get him ready to go so he'll be prepared to play on sunday yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, Andy Reid even did a little joke with the media when they asked him how well, how's Patrick doing today on Monday when they asked him that. He said, "Well, good enough not to have an inter- or a press conference." So <laughs> <laughs> he's just, you know, yanking the chain really. So there's a five-step uh, concussion protocol. I just pulled it up here, um, so we can talk about it. It's step one is based on symptoms. The player can engage in light stretching, balance training, and eventually progress to light aerobic exercise. Step two, the player can graduate toward cardiovascular exercise and dynamic stretching, and then can take neurological and balance tests. And then step three, the player can move towards a limited amount of football-specific exercises. That includes 30 minutes of practice time under the supervision of the trainer. Step four, and these these are the two kind of big hurdles I think Mahomes is faced with. Football activities can increase to non-contact drills, such as throwing and running, which quarterbacks are already non-contact. So if he comes back to practice, basically just practice regular, And then step five, this requires the team doctor to clear the player for contact. Once that happens, the player must be examined by the independent neurological consultant. And if the NIC confirms the team doctor's decision, the player is cleared to practice full and play in the game. Now, these steps can all vary on the length of time. There's no set determined time. It's just how fast the player progresses, which is another interesting thing in this whole concussion protocol. Yeah, they're all different. It, in my opinion, I mean, I, I only did like a year of athletic training in college before I switched to media. So I don't have like a full range of, of athletic training. But uh, from from just the hearing those different steps, I and from what Schefter said today, I feel like Mahomes probably passed steps one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wednesday will probably be step three 
and maybe four if they can get to it. Um, So it's just kind of a day-by-day thing. And I think he is progressing in a positive manner, so that's why, you know, Vegas has him favored and everything else. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. The Vegas wouldn't set the line with the Chiefs favored if they didn't think Patrick Mahomes was going to play. Um, that's that's like asking to give away money, essentially. If you're yeah. going to favor the Chiefs at three points so Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play, no offense to Chad Henney. Chad Henney's no Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he'd take offense to me saying that. But, no. yeah, it's it'll be interesting. But before we move on to talk about that Buffalo game, what kind of impressed you the most from this, from this Chiefs game on Sunday, Mark? Man, the two words that kind of popped into my head, I guess it's three words, but resiliency and mentally tough. And that was a, a whole team effort there. So I know a lot of people were getting on Harrison Bucker. I mean, he missed the extra point. He missed a field goal. But he hit two field goals. He made the other extra point. That's seven points. They won by five points. Yeah. So Bucker had to get his head back into the game. And uh, that that was just one thing that uh, I was thinking about. Chad Henney, of course, coming off the bench, just being able to go in there, play the game. Andy Reid didn't have to change the play calls, which was incredible. Um, yeah. they had Travis Kelsey and I mean Hill out there, which I know a lot of people were nervous when Henny came in, but he had all the weapons at his disposal compared to week 17 mm-hmm. when he didn't have as many weapons out there. So you saw it on the first pass play, I think was to Hill and the Browns ended up challenging it yeah. and losing the challenge, which was big because that lost a timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the only big thing was, uh, the long first and 25 pass to the end zone. That was probably the only real mistake that I I saw there. The offensive line stepped up. I think they only allowed one sack. Um, They created some holes for Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams stepped up. Um, I wrote an article about three players to look out for. I said Le'Veon Bell, which that was absolutely wrong, but I'm (laughs) fine with it because Daryl Williams plays a style that with this offensive line, I think is better than Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell kind of likes to wait and be patient and look for holes. This offensive line isn't quite that style. Right. of offensive line. They just like to push forward, and that's the kind of runner that Daryl is. Um, so I think that he had a great game uh, thanks to himself being a, a nice running back there and the offensive line opening some holes. Uh, Dirty Dan, what can you say about him? Uh, man, another play at the goal line, helmet to helmet, whatever. It w- He forced a fumble. They didn't call it the Chiefs. It saved a touchdown. Um, incredible job there. Chris Jones getting after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback pressures doing really well in the running game. Uh, Anthony Hitchens coming back. Uh, yep. He was one of my key players. Uh, <laughs> I was right on that one. So he came back and uh, made made some great plays in the run game. Uh, just being able to conduct the defense, being able to tell people where they needed to be, uh, that helped out a ton. Matthew with an interception. What can you say about that guy? Uh, just incredible. Uh Hardman, I I did have him as one of my key players. He was my third key player. And he didn't do anything crazy, but he gave you the Sammy Watkins line mm-hmm. that you won in the playoffs. Four catches, 58 yards, I think, or something like that. Um, I think he had a couple runs as well. Yep. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't really think 
of the numbers, but he had a he had a nice solid game, and that's what you wanted to see from Hardman when Sammy Watkins is out. So hopefully Sammy will be rested and well enough to play this week. Uh, if not, Hardman can step up. We've seen it now, and it was just an overall solid game for the Chiefs as a whole. And I think mm-hmm. if Patrick Mahomes had not gotten hurt and gone down with the concussion. I think the Chiefs would have won by double digits and beat the point spread and everything else like that. Unfortunately, we won't know because of what happened, but the Chiefs were able to hold on and win. The, the, the defense stepped up at the end when they needed to, and what can you say about Andy Reid? Oh, uh, my goodness. I, I could just do a whole show on Andy Reid, but um, I... In my personal opinion, he should – I know he won't get it, but coach of the year, man, yeah. that that is something this guy deserves. I think he, he could go into – going into this season, I, I felt like he could be a top 10 coach in, in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Um, and with another Super Bowl win, I mean, I know the stats been going around, but I mean, with the Eagles hosting the NFC Championship game three times, now the Chiefs three times, and yeah. another Super Bowl win would just be huge for Andy Reid, and I think that would push him into the top five coaches of all time in the NFL. And, man, I I could just go on and on about Andy Reid. But what can you say about that fourth and one play call to clinch the game? Man, that had some what I call BBB, big brass balls. And that was (laughs) – sorry if if there's any kids listening out there. Um, But, man, that was just something that Andy Reid – like like Tony Romo said on the call – only Andy Reid, in his Tony yeah. Romo excitement, only Andy Reid would be able to pick up this play call. Yep. And it's so true. Like, Andy Reid of old, something that's, man, I'm really going off on a tangent no, about Andy Reid here. But, <laughs> but he, from where where he was with the Eagles to now, you can, like, he's evolved. Like, some some coaches, when they're, like, 60 years old, like Andy Reid is 61, I think, actually. But he could just be stuck in his ways like Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um or Bill Belichick, you know, but he's evolving and like he's he's pushing the envelope. He's he's just making things happen. And uh, man, Andy Reid, incredible. He is. He you talked about like four or five things that I had to write write down to remember because I wanted to talk about because Andy Reid. I'll start there. His play calling this season has been some of the best of his career. There's never really been a time where I was like, oh, that's a questionable play call from Coach Freed. Yeah, we talked early in the season about his play calling being a little vanilla, but they didn't have a preseason. So, like, you can't really blame that on him. They didn't have a preseason. They had a rookie running back. So, yeah, they're going to kind of run a little bit of the vanilla plays. So, I think Andy Reid has done a phenomenal job this year. Bringing up Coach of the Year is is – Probably uh, he deserves to be in that conversation. If when you think about it, going fourteen and two with a team that just returned from a Super Bowl championship, like that's hard to do, and he did mm-hmm. it. You know, Kevin Stefanski in his own right did a very hard job, but somebody else who did a very hard job, Andy Reid, trying to be as successful as he was. So I think that that's a really good point. And and to bring up McCole Hardman, I was going to bring him up if you weren't going to bring him up because I know that you had McCole Hardman in your story. And I didn't want you to completely dog on yourself saying, oh, I didn't get, you know, Le'Veon Bell, right? Because McCall Hardman, I think that was right on. And he really did step up when he needed to. So one thing, Mark, that we haven't talked a whole lot about on this podcast, which I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked a whole lot about, was the Dan Sorensen hit. You brought up the Dan Sorensen hit. 
and it's caused a lot of controversy because of the the nature of the hit at the goal line because it was helmet to helmet people saying was that a penalty was it not a penalty by the letter of the law in my opinion the letter of the law says that that's a penalty there's not a whole lot you can do about that though if you're Dan Sorensen just because of the nature of the play it's tough it's one of those situations where you know, probably looking at the rule, that is a penalty by what they're saying, but it's a non-reviewable play. It wasn't called on the field. The situation of what it was in and where the ball went out at and then the whole, you know, you got to bring up on Twitter the whole ball going to the offense or going to the defense when it goes out the yeah. back of the end zone. We got that whole talk circulating. So what did you think about that hit? Man, I thought at the time I didn't know that it was Helmet Helmet until after – Yeah. I kind of saw some backlash on Twitter about it, but um, I thought it was a great play. I mean, I guess the only thing he could have done differently is maybe like swan dive hands first instead of like diving in like with the shoulder and head. But um, other than that, I mean, it's heat of the moment in the play. And I know, you know, they're trying to cut that kind of stuff down, but it, it, it just, it's football. Unfortunately, that kind of stuff happens. And, uh, it was, it was just – I thought it was a great defensive play. And uh, th- we can talk about the, the rules. I mean, I honestly for a couple of years have wanted to see it change. So if it goes out of the end zone, maybe the offense gets the ball at like the 20-yard line or something yeah. like that. Um, but I've also heard from the other side of the spectrum, I mean, the offense already has a lot of, you know – the, the game is kind of built around the offense now anyway, so that's like one play that the defense can actually get the ball back and force a play there. I know I've seen Earl Thomas do it a couple of times um, when he was in Seattle at least, mm-hmm. so that was a few years back. But, uh, yeah, the, so it's a play that I like for the defense. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they changed it in the offseason, but at the same time, that's just a great play at the goal line by Dan. Yeah, it was a really good play, and you can't take that away from him, whether the hit you think was dirty or it was clean. I don't think it was any malicious intent, so I don't think it was necessarily dirty. That's just kind of mm-hmm. football right there. It's it's hard. That's that's a very hard play to kind of, um, I don't know, what do you want to say, judi- judicicate? Or, I think I made that word up. That's not a real <laughs> word. Um, to hey, judge. we're going with it. <laughs> Judicate, I think, was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Um, I was trying to get too fancy with my words. I should have just stuck with a simpler word, I think. <laughs> I also just stick with simpler words. But, yeah, um, that, that play is tough to judge. I think that's kind of why we haven't talked about it is because I kind of shy away from it a little bit because I can see both sides clearly. I can, I mean, I can say, yeah, you know, that is a penalty because if you read the rule, that's what yeah, forcible contact with the crown of the helmet, that's what happened. But And then yeah. you look at it, the play, and you're like, well, what else is he supposed to do, right? He's mm. diving really – and then you start thinking about it. Was well, the offensive player using forcible contact by the crown of his helmet because they're because he's really coming in too? So it's one he of those watched, things. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where you're like a no call is probably the right situation right there. Where because there's just so many things that go on to these and these calls and and yes, I do think that football needs to you know really crack down on these hits and they have cracked down on these hits a lot. You see a lot less of these leading with the crown of the helmet hits. You know, um, Junior Seau, his birthday was today while we're recording this on on the nineteenth. And that's one of the guys, mm-hmm. too, when it, when it comes to, you know, leading with the crown of the helmet and concussions and everything. That's one of the first people I think about is because yeah. he was very aggressive. And but a lot of his hits, if you go back and see leading with the crown of the helmet. And that's really I think the league has done a good job. And we've talked about this on the last two podcasts now about how I think that the league is turning a corner when it comes to concussions. As you saw Patrick Mahomes go out and leave the game and then not come back. You saw Lamar Jackson leave the game and not come back. So 
it, it means something, but it's kind of weird in the same breath that we say the league has done a good job when they have a hit like Dan Sorensen did. And But I think that those two things, are, that's apples and oranges, really, because uh, of the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. And Bashad Breland, we haven't really talked about that right. much. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about that. He also in the concussion protocol. Um, but uh, with regards to the point swing with that hit, um, mm. one of my friends was like, "Man, the Browns could have won if they would have called that a t- touch, or if they would have called the penalty, and the Browns get in the end zone." I mean, there's a lot of what ifs that go along with that, yeah. but um, I mean, if the Browns would have been ahead by two points at the end of the game. Chad Henney was leading the drive down. They wouldn't have knelt down. They would have gone for points. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Chiefs probably, I mean, you don't know. Chiefs probably would have still won no matter what. But, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. That last drive, making it on fourth and one, going for, like, it, the whole thing has changed. Yeah. But you can't change history. It is what it is. The Chiefs won by five. <laughs> That's true. And they'll be facing the Buffalo Bills. There's still a lot of player uncertainty <laughs> In that game, as you mentioned, Brashad Breland left the game with the concussion. He's in concussion protocol. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's still dealing with his hip and his ankle injury. I mean, then you still have Sammy Watkins dealing with his calf injury. I feel like there's another one that I'm missing, too. That It feels like the well, Chiefs have Well, a- I, I, Schwartz is going to be out, I think. I, yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't think we can expect Schwartz the rest of the season, but... Right. Um, yeah, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But, but they've got a lot of really oh. key guys. Willie Gay. Willie Gay. Willie yes. Gay, yeah. Yep, and a lot of key guys out, and they still, you know, win a playoff football game with a lot of their key guys out. And hopefully they get some guys back. It didn't really bode well for Sammy that he didn't even try to practice. I'm not saying he didn't want to practice, but um, he didn't practice at all last week, which is not yeah. great. Um, then he had Clyde Ebert-Jolaire go out and practice and then not practice the rest of the week, which is kind of nerve-wracking to see. Um, yeah, what happened on that one practice? Right. I want to know. <laughs> and he, was, he wasn't even a full participant. He was limited. So yeah. that's kind of concerning. They're hoping sources inside this is not my sources i don't have sources but um sources <laughs> people on twitter with sources i think adam Schefter said this um that they expect Clyde Bertiller to kind of play in this game um they said that before the game they expect him to sit out the the divisional round and play in the championship game so it'll all be interesting to see who suits out who dresses out yeah. for the chiefs against the buffalo bills when they come to arrowhead stadium on sunday that's games at 5 40 they get the late primetime game on cbs yes that's good. I lo- the late games always uh, are cause for late nights for me, but it's always good to be the only game on TV. Yeah, I like the I like the primetime headline game. I mean, people are going to be watching no matter what time of day yeah. it is, but it's just something about like the evening game where you get into the night, the lights come on, and everybody's just having a good time. <laughs> So let's talk about this Buffalo Bills team. They scored 17 points against the Ravens. A lot of talk is the Ravens' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. That's why they held them to 17 points. I wonder what your thought is on that, Mark. Um, I wouldn't say they're better than them. I think it's probably a wash, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the Bills didn't look very good. I think one thing that people are kind of not talking a lot about uh, their rookie running back Zach Moss got hurt in the first round, That's so true. them not getting a them not getting a buy in the first round like they would in past seasons when the one and two seed get a buy that really bit them there. Um, just goes to show you the Chiefs getting the buy that really you know gave them an extra edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, without Zach Moss, I think Devin Singletary is really their only running back now that has a lot of experience, and that's. Uh, that's not looking good. They didn't even run the ball in the first half. I think there was like, 
what was it one drawn up run play or something like something crazy right like i think that. it might have been one actually designed run play and the other like two or three were i might have just been two were josh allen scrambles um yeah so i think that man that was a crazy game yeah that that just goes to show you like when they put more on josh allen's shoulders I still don't think that he's that level of quarterback yet. I mean, maybe he can get there someday, but I think he's kind of more in line. I I hate to say this, but he's kind of like that Jared Goff. Like Jared Goff had that really good year that year the uh, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, yeah. and then he got paid a big contract. Uh, I kind of see a similarity there with Josh Allen where he wasn't that great his first two years, and then he kind of took off that third year. And uh, we'll see what happens with Josh Allen, but I don't think for this year in the postseason he's really shown that he has that like top tier quarterback level. And if if you get him into situations where he gets a little antsy, a little bit nervous, he still has some off throws. I mean, everybody has off throws, but mm-hmm. he just didn't look as crisp as on as he has been. And I think that the Chiefs can really exploit that on Sunday. Yeah, I think so too. Especially if Patrick Mahomes plays uh, the defense. Uh, the Bills defense I don't think is as good as advertised personally, especially with the conditions it could be in on Saturday, 46 degrees and rainy. Kind of a similar game to what they played earlier this season, which is very odd. M- Mother Nature must hate the Bills, I guess. <laughs> They're just giving the Bills a run for their money because it was a very windy game against uh, the Ravens, and that Josh Allen kind of struggled with the wind, kind of honing in his deep ball. We haven't really seen what Mahomes does with the wind, or it hasn't really been noticed, I guess we should say, what he when, yeah. when it's windy uh, because he He's able to, to pull through all that. So it'll be interesting. Um, as we mentioned before, Chiefs are listed as three-point favorites. Don't think they'd be listed as three-point favorites if Vegas didn't think that they would be playing Patrick Mahomes. So it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. If if the This is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but if Patrick Mahomes plays, they're only a three-point favorite. I think the Chiefs have a chance to have that game that people have been waiting to see for the past two months. I think they're going to be able to have a chance to have a double-digit win at home at Arrowhead. They're going to make Josh Allen make some mistakes, maybe throw an interception or two, and Mahomes is going to capitalize, and they're just going to be able to come out and have a great game heading into the Super Bowl. That's my opinion. You know, We'll see if it plays out, but I think that the the Bills coming into Arrowhead Stadium, I think the last time they played in the playoffs was 93 uh, with Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, strangely enough, I believe that was also the game when they sat Derek Thomas for personal reasons. Uh, huh. It's kind of a strange story there. But, um, yeah, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to have any sort of, uh, you know, sit Chris Jones for a half or something like that. I think that this team is, is, is together. I think they're ready to go, you know. With COVID, that kind of helps out where you aren't able to go out and kind of party right. the, the night before a game and stuff like that. But uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be geared up, ready to go, mentally prepared, and physically I think they're going to be able ready to go out and dominate the game. Good vibes only from Mark Van Sickle on a Wednesday edition of yeah. Roughing the Kicker. You love the good vibes Mark's given off, and I always am energized by our conversation. So, Mark, I appreciate you joining me today. Hey, no problem. Uh, positive vibes all around. Uh, prayers for Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And uh, I think I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to be ready to go on Sunday and uh, ready for another Chiefs Super Bowl. 
Wouldn't it be nice? Mark, I appreciate you joining me. Go follow Mark on Twitter at MarkTheOverseer. This has been an episode of Roughing the Kicker on ArrowheadReport.com. Go follow me on Twitter at TuckerDFranklin. I'll be back tomorrow with a mailbag edition playoff. An AFC Championship game mailbag edition of Roughing the Kicker. We'll be excited for that. Connor and Jordan will be joining us as well. So until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.